Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let There Be Talk. Today is Monday, April 23rd. How are you? What's shaking, everyone? I'm fresh back from Nashville. An incredible weekend. Wow, what a great weekend. If you're a brand new listener and you uh, saw me in Nashville, welcome aboard. And uh, what took you so long? (laughs) Anyway. Went to Nashville. Haven't been to Nashville since I think around 2000, mm, I don't know, maybe two, three, or four, something like that, a long fucking time ago. And I remember a long time ago, I was uh, digging Nashville, and this time it was even better. Uh, Nashville is basically, uh, it felt like L.A., you know, it felt like I was in L.A., man. I was just running in and hanging out with the... old friends it was incredible a lot of people have moved out there and uh i could see why it's a uh it's a cool mellow city big time it's got some good food it's got some good scenery it's got some good people it's got some uh historic venues and uh i dug it i dug it big time yeah got to see some old friends first i got in on a uh I think it was a Thursday night, flew in, Bill Burr and I. Bill was feeling under the weather, and uh, what sucks is nothing worse than being on the road and being sick, like the flu or a cold or whatever, but that's part of it, man. You're out working, and uh, that man powered through and had some smashing shows. Uh, We did the Ryman, the world-famous Ryman, and I got to tell you, I... uh, for a minute, I, on the first show, I, I kind of just forgot where I was for a minute, walked down on stage, and after about three minutes into my set, I just stopped for a minute and was like, wait a minute, I'm at the fucking Ryman. And uh, I just took it in and slowed down and started to enjoy the ride. God, this place is historic. Built in 1892. And just, you know, I mean, every... Everyone has stood on that wood and uh, sang and played songs and uh, probably told jokes like uh, we did all weekend or uh, whatever. Town hall meetings, churches, all kinds of stuff that went on in that historic building. It's just a monumental uh, historic landmark. It's just incredible to be in there and think about it. Somebody was telling me, I don't know if this is true, I forgot to ask, but somebody's telling me James Taylor played it. And uh, as soon as he was done with his set, like he stood up and he signed the stage with a uh, marker. And uh, somebody told me that he got banned for that. I should have asked about that. Can you imagine? You're just like, all right, man, thanks for uh, having me. I'm just going to sign this uh, historic stage no one else had signed. Not Johnny Cash, not Hank Williams, not Willie Nelson. Not Dolly Parton, you know, not Elvis Presley. (laughs) Insane, that's just classic. I I don't know if it's true, but anyway, um, the Ryman was, uh, you know, Bill Bill played the Ryman, and I was uh, there for the, uh, as the opening act, you know. It's funny, I was talking to Bill, man, and uh, he's, you know, I'd done uh, Zany's. Also all weekend. It was the Nashville Comedy Festival. And uh, once they heard I was there, this amazing woman, Lucy, from Zanies, reached out and said, do you want to do some sets? 
And I was just, uh, I was honored, man. Once in a while, the, uh, the, people, the people do it old school. Lucy, old school, you know. Oh, Dean's in town. Let's, let's have him on the uh, stage. Reached out to me, emailed me. Do you want to do some shows? I did them. And uh, it, was just, uh, it was just incredible. But I was talking to Bill, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I did uh, Zanies many times. I think the last time I did it was eight years ago. And I was like, eight years ago? That's about how long I've been doing comedy. And in that eight years, he went from Zanies to uh, doing the rhyming every year, multiple nights. So, uh, man, it's great to see Bill just out there killing it and fans just enjoying it, the smiles on their faces. And I, I love being part of that. I can't thank Bill enough. Just just amazing. Hey, hey, you know, I just learn all the time. It's like I got to just keep hitting it, got to get funnier, got to work harder, got to grind and uh, do it and uh, get myself there. You know what I mean? Get myself uh, somewhere in that, uh, in that pocket. Uh, Nashville. Wow, man. I got to hang out. Like I said, the first night I got there, Bill wasn't feeling well. So uh, Jay Buchanan from the Rival Sons picked me up at the hotel. We went to a weird seedy diner and uh, talked rock and roll and comedy all night. And just to, to hang out with this man and uh, shoot the shit when we're not working and have a good few hours was just incredible to catch up with him. And he's become a, a, an amazing friend of mine over the last six, seven years since the first time I had him on the podcast years ago. I think about just riding my motorcycle out to Long Beach, meeting this stranger in a recording studio and talking to him for a couple hours when the Pressure and Time record had just come out. And uh, I think about how long ago that was and how, how many good times we've had since then. And it's just incredible to see him out there. And he played me some of the new record. Wow. Rival Sun's got a great new record getting ready to come out for you guys, man. I heard some of the songs. I heard five songs. And uh, they are smoking. So I'm pretty, pretty damn fired up to, uh, to help them promote that thing when it comes out and spread the word like fire. Because uh, they got a great rock record. Uh, let's see, what else? I got to see Allison Mosshart from The Kills, another great friend who lives out there. And, um, that was just so cool to say, you know, see her at the Ryman in the audience. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see your friends in a different state. You know, you're in a different state or a different, you know, area of the world and you run into friends. It just feels, uh, even cooler. Because you're just like, wow, I know these people from parts of my life, and now here we are in other areas and, and hanging out. It was just great. One of the highlights definitely was uh, Steve Gorman picking me up on Record Store Day Saturday and driving me around to all the cool record stores. We went to Grimey's. We went to Third Man and, uh, and just had a great day talking music and enjoying that. I, uh, I just love that man. I consider him one of the best drummers on the planet and an incredible friend. And I could talk music with him all day and night. We went to Grimey's. It was a scene, man. They had bands playing. Uh, Brendan Benson was out there playing uh, with this woman, Ashley. Oh, I forget her name. It was great. 
I'll have to look that up. Hold on here. Here it is. I got it. Oh, I got lucky. Ashley, Mon Ashley Monroe, I believe it was. Uh, really cool. We went to Third Man, and uh, I picked up the new Sleep record. Sleep, an incredible Bay Area band who hadn't put out a record in 20 years, just all of a sudden just secretly just drops a record on 420. And there it is, boom, on two-tone vinyl at Third Man, green and black vinyl, just oozy looking. Looks cool, this vinyl. Most important, this record kills. I mean kills get this thing right away the brand new sleep everybody asking me what i got on record store day i only got one record because i was traveling and i didn't want to travel with a bunch of fucking records on a plane there's no no bigger nightmare than uh getting home and the covers are all bent and shit i like my stuff minty i like it i like my vinyl mint i don't like my shit bent up in case i gotta sell it in case the ship goes down <laughs> anyway steve i love you man that was great um and like i said the uh, nashville comedy festival was going on and there's all these cool friends out there you know sal and practical joker sal volcano was there and he asked me to do one of his shows it was in this sold out theater with nate and uh paul nate bargazzi and paul verzi now, Verzi was on the Burr shows, too, so we hung out quite a bit and had a great time uh, just laughing our asses off as Verzi had bad case of diarrhea all weekend. Everybody was breaking down. <laughs> People were falling apart, falling apart in Nashville. I ate about seven gallons of fucking barbecue and uh, have been paying the price since, man. Just way too much meat. I'm a Deegan. Deegans, they eat meat where there, uh, where there's uh, historic meat, meat landmarks, <laughs> historic meat landmarks like uh, Kansas City, Austin, Nashville, Oakland, uh, anywhere there's historic barbecue. Even New York, Mighty Quinn's, that place knocks me out. Toronto, still, I'm still giving the uh, the best barbecue award to Toronto aft. Uh, but there's some places that are uh, seriously creeping up on them, like Mighty Quinn's in uh, New York. So I ate a gallon of barbecue. I had an amazing time. I love Nashville, and I, I hope to be back at Zany's Headline. And I love the club, and I love the owners and the, and the people that work there. And uh, thank you, everybody that came out and enjoyed the uh, weekend with us. It we. It, it it would been it would have been shit without you guys. That's just the bottom line. Without without friends in the audience, nothing's happening. Speaking of friends, got a new friend here. Great guest today. You like Def Leppard? Oh my god! I can't even tell you how much I love Def Leppard. When I was growing up, on through the night, high and dry, pyromania. Those records probably spun in my cassette player and my. Uh, what was it? I think I had a 19, I don't know, 88 or 89. I, I can't remember. Maybe 92, mm, maybe 88. Tercel, Toyota Tercel with the uh, Craco cassette player with some Jensen triaxles with a, with a under the dash power booster. Remember that one? You just press the button. Boom, 
you get a little fucking power bump, like a like a shot of blow, just boom. And you just fucking back then before anybody dug bass, you just threw treble up. That's why I don't have a right ear. <laughs> threw on songs that just killed me, like Die Hard, The Hunter, Billy's Got a Gun, Too Late for Love, Stage Fright. That shit on Pyromania, unbelievable. Of course, High and Dry is just a masterpiece. But uh, my boy uh, Phil Collin, he comes on board in '82. And that band becomes the biggest band in the world for years with records like Pyromania and Hysteria. Hysteria is still one of the biggest selling records of all time. Uh, a couple diamond awards for that, meaning you sold 10 million. It was incredible to talk to this man. Maid Warren set it up. Again, thank you to Maid Warren. Uh, the best rock and roll shirts on the planet. If you don't know Maid Warren, I've had... Uh, Blaine, the owner on the podcast, he makes some of the coolest rock shirts by hand, and he's an absolute legend, and I love him. And he's been setting up these great interviews with Cypress Hill and Phil Collin and some other ones coming up that I'll keep under my hat right now till they happen. Anyway, we did it live at the Fred Siegel on Sunset at the Maid Warren pop-up shop. There's about 100 people there, and we had a great time. And Phil is just a fantastic human and a crushing guitar player. And an honor to have him on, man. Just a huge guest for Let There Be Talk. Huge guest. Def Leppard is, uh, they're no joke still. They sell out arenas, no problem, all over the world. And they're about to start a tour with Journey doing uh, all the arenas across America. I'm looking forward to seeing them at the Forum in October. I want to get into that right now. We're going to bring them on. Before I do, just real quick, some upcoming dates. You want to come see me play uh, play comedy? You want to see me play comedy? Are you out there? You want to see me play comedy? <laughs> uh, come check me out. Friday, hometown, coming home, May 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, doing the punchline. Please get tickets now. Get them. Don't pull the old, when you coming, the day after I left. Fuck you. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm on to your tricks now. This is eight years of doing comedy. Get your ass to the shows, everyone. Don't say next year I'll catch you. Do it. Punchline, May 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, San Francisco. Arizona, House of Comedy, May 17, 18, 19, 20. Boston. Fuck yeah, I'm headlining Boston again. I can't wait to do this. June 7th at Nick's Comedy Stop. Get tickets right now uh, to all the shows on my website, deandelray.com. New York City, May 23rd through the 31st at The Stand. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel. I love all you guys. Keep the candles lit. Here he is, Phil Collins. All right, guys, uh, it's that time to start the interview right here, get it together. The one and only Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Give it up for him. I wonder where that guitar pick went. Uh, yeah, you've got him up here, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. How we doing? Yeah, good. Uh, thanks a lot, man. 
little maid-worn pop-up shop here at Fred Siegel. I know, I like it. It's really cool. I like the bus as well. That's, that's pretty cool as well. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a, it's like something off of Almost Famous, the old, know, right? old dirty bus. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like they just took a Greyhound. No bunks. You just kind of sat around. Remember yeah, those? that was the tour, and that's how you used to do it. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. When we got there, it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've ever had a bad, but maybe back. Oh, no, we girl. did. Yeah, we, yeah. Like in you know, a vans, you'd be Van. sleeping in a van with all the gear, and or, or you'd have to break into a car because all the gear was in a van, and you'd have to sleep in a in a car for the night, and then. And you're in England, and it's freezing, and it's horrible. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we done all that. Yeah. That's not with Def Leppard. That's like with Girl or somebody. Yeah, right. before, before Girl yeah, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Let's talk a little bit. You know, like I've never met you, but uh, I first saw Def Leppard on the High and Dry tour. And I always wanted to ask you because it's such a, uh, a radical thing that happens in your life, especially. You get asked to audition for Def Leppard. You get in, and then you do pyromania, and it's, it's a rocket ride. Right. Um, I didn't actually get, get an audition or even ask. I, I, got, I was helping the guys out. I actually, I didn't realize this, but I got a thank you credit on High and Dry, which is the album before I joined. Because um, I, I knew the guys. I'd lent them an amp. Yeah. They uh, asked you to join during High and Dry tour, right? Well, they asked me to stand in for, for something, and then it all was okay. It didn't, I didn't need to do that. But then, uh, you know... They're doing Pyromania, and Joe said, uh, Pete Willis isn't in the band anymore. Can you help us out in the studio? Like, do some solos and lead guitar? I said, yeah, yeah, you know. I knew the guys, so I came down, played on that, and, and then it never stopped, and that was like 36 years ago. So, so no audition? No, they ne- they no. never looked at any other guys? No, I was just helping out, and it, and it went so quick from that point on. I mean, there was obviously all the playing the clubs and the bars and all of that stuff before support acts and everything, but... Um, yeah, from that point on, it, it, it went, um, it just, it blew up. And, you know, Mutt Langer, who would produce the album, he had a kind of a, a master plan just to make this, this music kind of accessible to the regular people, make rock music kind of right. okay with the masses, and it, and it really worked a treat. Well, I mean, you got to look at the, uh, the jump from uh, On Through the Night, then High and Dry, then Pyromania. It's such a crazy, uh, like, I mean, it's like light years away, musically and production and everything. Right. Same producer, High and Dry, on to Pyromania. But man, the songwriting and everything. When you went in there, they already had the songs wrote, right? On Pyromania, yeah. That's yeah. just crazy. Like, when you went in, you had to be like, wow, you guys really stepped up your game. Oh, totally, yeah. It was a, it was a t- totally different album. And all, all the backing tracks were amazing. So it was, it was great to play over. And Mutt Langer said, you know, just have fun. You know, play solos. And he found out I could sing. And then he said, okay, sing on this and this. And, and it, yeah. it was just the fun part. You know, all the heavy lifting had already been done. I heard Mutt saying a lot of the backgrounds on those he, records. He does on every album he does. So you hear him on uh, Highway to Hell and yeah. Shania Twain, Brian Adams, you know. So everything he ever does, you hear his voice in there. And a, and a lot of the Def Leppard. He sings on everything we do, you know. He, that guy's so mysterious, right? Like, I mean, he doesn't do any interviews, nothing. He well, just disappears. Because he's so busy, that's why. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's working all the time. He's just swimming in his money, all those points he had on the records. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that as well, but he, he, he works. I've, he's the hardest working person I've ever met in my life. Stop Thief, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Rolling Stone shirt. Shirt stealers. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. saw that. We, we all heard you. He's not even stealing a Def Leppard shirt. Well, there is. There's one behind it. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I, uh, I've, I've had a ton of people on my show, and I always ask them who the gateway 
band was when they started out. Depending on your age, I'm 52. It's usually Kiss. Anybody before that would be Zeppelin. Who was it for you? Uh, my first show I went to with my cousin, I was 14, was Deep Purple, and it was the Machine Head tour. I yeah. heard you're on the back of the record. Yeah, the on the, on the, on the live album. I know, it's crazy, yeah. That's insane, Isn't that right? blew us away, you know, absolutely. I you mean, you're, there you are, like on a classic pe- record. Yeah, like. oh yeah, my first concert. So, you know. <laughs> Your first concert, you're on the back yeah. of a classic record. There you go. So that, that done it, you know, that was, that was the moment that and, changed and it all. So, it's Richie Blackmore for you. Is that yeah. who gets you into it? Absolutely, yeah. That's interesting because your first guitar is an SG, right? Right. So I thought for sure maybe it was early ACDC, you know, or yeah. Sabbath. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, Gibsons and Fenders were, were like Holy Grail. You know, even to touch them is like, oh, wow, these are so cool. And so, you know, this, this Gibson SG came up. I, I was just playing it the other day, actually. You still uh, have oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. I got it for my 16th birthday, yeah. It's, Unbelievably. It's you didn't trade it for like blow or anything oh, like me. No, no, no. That, that, that was all free. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know? that was all free. You had the yeah, right bread yeah. to me, man. Yeah. I gave up a good Charvel for a sack. <laughs> yeah, the guitar that my mum and dad actually had to, my, my dad was a truck driver and they, they wow. went into debt and they got this thing and I didn't realise till later what, what a sacrifice, you know, for their little boy to get this, this thing, you know, this guitar. And, and that's all I did. I just sat down and played it for years. I, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know, but you were actually asked to join or audition maybe for Maiden before you got into Def Leppard. And um, I always found that interesting because early on with guitars, uh, Ibanez was known as their lawsuit copy guitars. This is kind of some nerdy stuff for people right. out there. But then Paul starts playing the Iceman. Yeah. But really to me, the Ibanez people were you and Adrian Smith. You come out with the Destroyer, you know. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, like you really put Ibanez on the map back then with the photograph video right away. Right. It's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. there he is. There's yeah. the new guy. He's got an Explorer. You know, Pete played Explorer, but you were playing Ibanez. What made you choose that? Um, I was in Girl, and I, I, I liked the sound of, you know, that, that kind of hybrid Strat. I wanted a, something that played as easy as a Strat, but had a humbucker on it and had a whammy bar and all right. of those things. So that kind of did. It was a, a little awkward to play because it was so big and chunky, but it looked cool. And it sounded, and that's actually what I played on the record. So, you know, Photograph, Rock of Ages, Falling, all those solos was, was that actually that guitar. And, um, and then later on, you know, it's always continued that quest, you know, the perfect sound, the perfect hybrid, and, you know, Jackson guitars, I, I've been playing them for 30 years now. Wow, 30, I mean, they kind of blew everyone out of the water, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you're going with, like, everybody was, like, all over Strats and Les Pauls, and then Charvel comes around, you know, Randy Rhodes yeah. and uh, Eddie Van Halen, and then all of a sudden Jackson just blows it out of the water. You Definitely, know? yeah. They play so amazing, right? Absolutely, and they get better and better. My, my new ones are ridiculous, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when, once you do Pyromania, when you're in there, are you like, these are some hit songs? You think so, but you, you, you know, I've thought that before, and we, we've all done that, but it, it sounded different. It, it was a, an absolute hybrid of rock and pop. You know, it wasn't like a pop group trying to be a bit rocky, or, yeah. you know, some hip-hop star going, I'm a rock star. It was actually an absolute pure hybrid of the two. It was like great songs, sung with a bit of, um, like, rock. It, it was like a punk ethos, almost like screaming and shouting out in tune instead of just... A lot of the American bands had really great vocal harmonies, but it was a bit soft and sweet. Right. And, and this was a very British 
punk approach to it. You know, it screamy and shouty, ACDC, Sex Pistols, right. and that, you know. Some of those deep tracks, uh, which you guys uh, don't play, which is always weird to me, but like Billy's Got a Gun, you know, the Stage Fright, that kind of stuff. That's really pretty damn rock and still. Of course, you got the poppy songs, right. but those are, could have been right on high and dry. Yeah, they could have, and the, the problem is, and this comes up a lot, they go, people go, why don't you play that? Because right. you, you'll be in a, say you're in an arena, and it's 10,000 people, and yeah. you play Wasted, which we've done before at Wembley, and one person goes nuts, and, and 9,000 people yeah. go, uh, yeah, what's that? Where's well, Photograph? Yeah. There's two eras of Def Leppard, yes. though. Because if, uh, if you look at it, you got the high and dry, and on through the night, and that's you know, really like that era of like, you know, new wave British heavy sure. metal. And then you get to Pyromania. But I was always wondering if you announced that you were doing, say, the High and Dry record or the whole Pyromania record, would a whole different audience show up? Like, whoa, I want to go see that old style leopard. Yeah, maybe now, you know, I, I still think, you know, a lot of people ask, asked this they go well you know I like the early stuff I think the band was still trying to get its identity and it didn't really hit until Pyromania and then really the ultimate Def Leppard sound is, is Hysteria right and that's when we had our own sound and, and it didn't sound like anyone else you know and, and then people would copy that I think the earlier albums as with any band you, you're trying to find your, your feet and your sound absolutely and, and unfortunately pe people and artists don't get that chance anymore because you, you kind of live or die by your first song so it's like, oh, it's like gladiator. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, we were kind of fortunate that, that we were able to work at it. And we had these great people around us kind of inspiring us. And, and Mutt Langer was right up the top there. You know, you, it'd go, okay, this, this has to be better. It has to be, you know, we have to work at it. And it was, it was killer. You know, it was awesome. Do you guys, or you, you yourself, do you ever just like say, oh, I want to play one of these tunes and check it out? Like, you know, something like Billy's Got a Gun? Yeah, yeah, we, we occasionally do that. And the big problem we have uh, is the set list time. You, right. know, you have to play Pour Some Sugar on Me, Hysteria, Photograph, you know, uh, yeah. Love, love Bites. bites. You, you, you have to, if you don't, someone's going to get really upset. It's so, like the Stones, you're right? Like, yeah. <laughs> You're in the stone. You're in the stone situation. Yes. I, I was out with the Stones for like four years, and you know, I'm like, does anybody really want to hear Satisfaction? But they get mad if they don't play it. Right, right. It's so if you if you said, okay, well, we're not going to do Photograph tonight, but we're going to do Ride Into the Sun instead. <laughs> so, yeah, there you, there you go. That's that's what yeah. happened. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we have to do it, you know, it's, it's whatever, you know, everywhere you have to do that. When you get in uh, and start working on Hysteria, that's really when you contribute to some of the songwriting, right? Um, I read somewhere, is this true that you guys used like a hundred Rockmans in there, like for your guitar tone? Were you guys using uh, those Tom Schultz Rockmans? Well, I won. Not a hundred, but yeah, I had, I had one. I still got that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Somebody, I, I love when people are like the, 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 the myths around hysteria. It's just right. like how they get this sound. Yeah. You put that thing on right now and it still sounds magical. There's no dated sounds on it. It's just an incredible sounding record. Well, thank you. Yeah, but it was it was, it was mainly the, the Rockmans. In, they had like three settings. It was yeah. like clean, semi-distorted and distorted. So yeah, you, that, <laughs> that was it. And then No, no heads or no, no, no. Marshall, just Rockman. Yeah, Rockman. And a little Galleon Kruger. I mean, there's the odd little thing where I, I use like a an amp, like a Randall 
amp or something like that. But for, for most part, it was it was all done on on those Rockmans. Yeah. Wow. And where did you guys do that record? All over the place. We um we done a vocal in Paris. We don't. We most of it was done in in Holland and yeah. between Holland and, and Dublin, Ireland. You know we. Uh, and then, you know, we were kind of running out of money because it was costing a fortune. So then we went into a little jingle studio. Oh, where they do money. like uh, commercials? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and most of it was, was done there. A majority of it in, in Dublin in, in St. Stephen's Green, if no one knows Ireland or has been there, so it was right there. So uh, down this little alleyway in this tiny little jingle studio. And yeah, that, that lot of it, you can do stuff anywhere, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially now. You could just do it in here. Well, I, we're just on the new Tesla album, which will be out later on this year. We've we done it on tour. So we would find, you know, a trailer, a bunker backstage, we'd, any, any room, and it sounded amazing. And yeah. the record sounds ridiculous. So can't wait for that one. You think you'll ever work with Mud again, or is there no need to do that? Like, no, I'd, I'd love to. I, I just find him totally inspiring, and I think you know if you if you can find anyone in your life that inspires you constantly, you you got to do it. So I'd love to. You know, it's just it's a time constraint, really. But he's great. You know, you always get so much out of it when you're sitting in there with him. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. When you look back at uh, the records that you've done. What one really do you think, besides Hysteria, of course, that's the one that just, you know, smasher. But what one do you think, like, this is really, like, rocking and I love this record? We all like slang because, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, it was uh, so different. Right, and, and, right. You know, um, Hysteria is my favorite album, obviously, and we put so much into that. But, but slang was really cool because it, um, we approached it completely different and, and it was kind of... Uh, a journey for us and a discovery so it was it was uh just a different thing and and you know in a band's an artist's career you you need to do something like that where it's totally expression and a totally different vibe for different reasons and oh, yeah. all of that it was it was great so yeah i love that one that's why i always love uh metallica like people are like why did they do this record or that right yeah it's like they go crazy i mean we got two bands out there acdc and ramones that did the, what they did yeah but everybody else man you'll start to go crazy you, you know? you've got to you've got to change it up like queen you know like bands oh, like that amazing that queen. Queen. yeah you know you now you live in orange county i do yeah which is the oc yeah <laughs> which is go. uh interesting to me because once you become uh, the band becomes big stars people just kind of live where they live in the band and uh and then you don't see each other till rehearsal or whatever but what made you pick orange county instead of hollywood because we're here in hollywood which is yeah. full rock and roll you can live in the hills absolutely well i've had places out of place just down the road there for a while oh yeah oh yeah but um yeah, no, it's really cool, but it's crazy, as you know, and, and it's kind of good to get away from it. So Orange County is great, you know, 12 minutes to the beach. It's yeah. pretty laid back, almost looks rural if you, if you look at it from a certain angle. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's really cool, and you get here pretty quick, you know. I, I drive up and we rehearse and, or whatever we have to do in L.A., so it's, it's kind of nice to have, have both. Have it kind of that close, you know? The other guys live in town. I saw Rick Allen once out in Malibu at a, yeah. a Starbucks. Is he out there? He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was. He was. He's actually, he's, he's moving. He's, or he just moved. He's actually going up north a bit, northern California. Oh, there, Gets man. cold, though, you know? And it's, yeah. yeah. So. I'm not a heat guy. No? No. I, I mean, you're from England, right? Yeah, that's why I left, because yeah. I'm a heat guy. Yeah, yeah. People from England, they love yeah. the sun. They're like, yeah. the sun. 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that's it. I'm like melanoma, no thanks. I, oh, well, there is that, but yeah, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. I, uh, let's talk a little bit about, it's interesting that you replaced Pete Willis, and uh, then later on you have an alcohol problem. Steve had an alcohol problem, and um, it, it's interesting to think about, right? It's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and now you've been clean. I've, I've, uh, I, I look, look up to you because of your diet and everything. I lost 40 pounds in the last couple really? of years. Really? I quit well sugar right, that'll and do flour it, yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. but um, way long ago, you quit booze and yeah. you quit uh, meat and everything. When you first quit drinking... Are because I know what it's like. You're playing with guys, and Steve's still drinking. Are you just kind of like, hey man, or it's just like, hey, this is rock and roll or whatever? No, no, he was my best friend. Right. So you know, we if you if you can drink and you and and you're doing it okay and you're responsible and all that stuff, fine. Right. But if you have a problem, then then you should stop. And Steve, unfortunately, had a problem and he, and he couldn't stop. And it actually, yeah, we all know what happened. You yeah. Know? So um. I was able to stop and, and not start again. So there's been actually 31 years wow. this month. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and, and, you know, we, me and Steve would talk about it all the time. we go, man, I wish I could stop doing this because right. I'm, I'm not one of those guys who can have a few drinks and then call it a day, you know. Especially on the road. I mean, we yeah. lost so many good guys. This is pre-help uh, or whatever. You didn't really come out and go, hey, I need some help. It's just kind of like, uh, I guess I drink and that guy doesn't, you know? Well, he, he did. He, he went and tried to get some help, but it's, it's, a, it's a process and it's really hard yeah. to do that. And, and again, especially if you're in an industry like this where everyone's kind of going, oh, take this, take that. Yeah. Constantly, you know? Yeah. The, the guitar the dynamics between the two you was absolutely amazing he was always to me kind of a jimmy page yeah sloppy radical great player and then you were really technical when you guys first start playing together um do you guys really sit down and figure out what who's going to play what are you like weaving in and out or is it just natural in the studio it was pretty natural actually we never really had to do that it, it you know there's a there's a great thing I read Keith Richards him and Ronnie Wood they weave in sonic tapestries exactly. and I love that and, yeah. and we, we kind of did that you know and Steve had this this whole idea about um, harmony chords like if you've got an orchestra or a keyboard you can do different inversions and we'd have you know with Mutt you'd do counter rhythms and you know there was so much you could do with two guitars and we, we kind of totally just kind of slotted into that and it, it actually it did what was very natural actually Oh, it was amazing, yeah. Sandy, man. Thank and you. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that Hysteria record take? Two years or something? Yeah, two and a half, something like that. You know, we, we wrote it in, in Dublin, or most of it, and we, we uh, attempted it. Um, they might have to do a Cars album. So, oh, wow. Oh, so so we, he splits midway he, through. He splits because it took longer than we thought, and, and then we carried on with some other people, and that didn't work out. He finished the Cars album, came back, and then we, we spent about another year, and, and then that was it. So, What's yeah. he do? The Shake It Up record? Uh, I think no, it was, it was... There you go. Look at that. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There Eric you go. Eric the Trainer. Yeah. There we yeah. go. I mean, I don't think Mutt did a bad record. No, I don't think so. I, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Now, I was going to ask you about um, once you get on the Hysteria tour, you guys are out for days, right? Yeah. Um, you know... 
that's got to be a, a grinder, right? I mean, after a while, you're like, I got to get out of here. Well, yeah, but we, we toured for about a year and a half on that. I mean, the first, it came out and it kind of tanked the yeah. album. We didn't yeah, really. Yeah, because Woman was the, the, the first track. Yeah. And I remember people yeah. going, like, What is this? Yeah. It was just kind of weird. You had the cartoon video, we were talking about it yeah. earlier. And it was a totally different thing, you know? And then, I think it was, what do you think? Love Bites smashes? No, no, the, it was Pour Some Sugar on Me. So right. it, it went um, Women, uh, Animal, Hysteria, and then Pour Some Sugar on Me, and then it all changed. Were you guys picking the single? Because I had Cypress Hill on a couple days ago, and they said the record company was like, this is the single. And they are like, really? And they are like, no way. And then the single took off. But were they picking the singles, and you guys were like, no, Pour Some Sugar on Me is the hit? No. Um, <laughs> Mark Lang had thought that. And in England, we released Animal first, and it was our first top ten hit. Oh, wow. So the label chose that, and they were, they were bang on the money. I think they wanted a release that here as well but uh you know management and w with us was like we, d we don't want it because this is kind of a poppy sounding album so that was the reason that women came out because it still had a bit of rock thing to it and we uh, so it listen it worked out great 25 million records later yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah i mean we'll i think they invented the diamond marker for you guys know, right yeah that was that was crazy yeah that, especially when we got the first diamond diamond awards if you go 10 times flat 10 million plus, it's yeah, just so. incredible so you, that was cool. Now, I, you know, when you're doing the uh, Adrenalize record, Steve passes, yeah. and you have to play all the guitars. You play all the guitars on that record, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I read somewhere where you were like, this is kind of weird because I got to play his parts. Yeah. Because was it that you guys demoed it pretty extensively before? Yeah, yeah we, we had all these really great parts. So um, uh, when I had to learn Steve's parts, it was like a ghost. You know, there, there yeah. was Steve, you know, coming out of the speakers. So it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get back more into your diet here. You uh, are vegan, and you work out a lot? Yeah, yeah, I train with Eric right there. That guy. <laughs> Eric the trainer, so yeah. We're, we're getting ready for the tour and everything. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think I like that, that it's better than the alternative. If you don't work out, or, you're, or if you're non-active, um, yeah. especially, you know, I turned 60 last birthday. Wow, yeah. 60? Yeah, hey. so... Like, thank great. you guys, thank you. So, I'm 52 and you look better than me. <laughs> but you know, you, you got to do something. You've got to kind of modify your diet, modify your activity and all of that stuff. Yeah. You don't have to go crazy and work out like a, a fiend, but right. um, you have to do something as you get older because the, the body starts kind of letting you know. What I find is when you get older, uh, last week I did this big tribute to Bon Scott and I sang for an hour. And uh, what I find when you get older is volume, stage volume and concert volume is like a knockout to you. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like brutal actually, especially after a couple hours, you're up there and you get off, you're like, man, this is loud. You're going in ears, right? For the last like 17 years, yeah. Right. So but that, I used, to th I, I used to have tinnitus, I thought. Right. It was going all the time. And I started using these things and, and the, the, the howling stopped. So, <laughs> so yeah. And so, I, you know, we do control that. You know, I, I do find that usually symbols will do it. If you're, yeah. you know, and everyone's cranked up and the side fills, the monitors and everything, it will, it will make you deaf. Oh, it's absolutely. And it's also like it's a punisher on your physique, just yourself. Definitely, yeah. Give you headaches and, and it's a constant battle, you know. So if you can control that, it's great. So we, we're able to do that and all of us in the band, you know, it sounds great. I was rehearsing today, actually, yeah. with Vivian and Rick and... Uh, 
we were just having a blast. It just sounds amazing. So, but it's controlled, you know. You guys rehearsing right now? Well, we did for the last couple of days because we had new equipment. So we was trying all that out before, before we do real rehearsals in, in about a month. How long you guys rehearse for a, uh, a tour? You're, go, you're getting ready to go out with Journey, right? Yeah, yeah. We, um, it depends, you know. We've, we've over-rehearsed before. We've been in there for a month. Right. And then other times we go, well, we've gone to last year. We only need two days. So somewhere in between there. <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, this is what we do now. This is God's honest truth. I, we all play along to the DVD. We've done this thing called Live in Detroit, if you know heard it, this DVD. Yeah. Well, cool, thank you. We... Um, <laughs> so I put that on and, yeah. and sing and play along to it. So it's great. <laughs> put the mirror there so you can see if you got your... Yeah. That's your rehearsal. Yeah, it's cool. Any surprises in the set list this year? We're going to... Uh, just a couple. Of, we, we have to, you know... Journey have got a lot of hits. And, yeah. and so we, we have to keep in line with that. It's, we, and we are promoting our catalogue. You know, it's not like... A, a new album per se. We 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 just released the whole thing on uh, Universal. iTunes, iTunes, well, iTunes and Spotify. You you can get everything everywhere. But we, we you know we um we're back with Universal, which is great. They've been awesome. Wow. And, uh, and we're all working together to make it work. So we're promoting the catalog. So it's like thirteen albums of, of material to to get out there. So you know we want to kind of touch most of it. Did they uh, re-release it on vinyl yet? Bits and pieces. Yeah. You know one eighty grand vinyl which is awesome i'm yeah. kind of really getting into that are you a vinyl guy ish you ish. know i mean I'd, I'd like to but i've only got about five records but yeah. really yeah no i've got more than that i've got loads in england you know my you got my a place attic. in england still yeah you know it's, it's where yeah i got it for my mum like years ago and uh, after she passed away i just hung on to it you know what do you listen to right now? Do you listen to rock, like any new stuff, or just not any new stuff? Because I'm I'm waiting for something to be really good. I I find that um, there's some okay stuff, but yeah, the, the the motivation for being a band or an artist is a lot different. You know, people want to get recognised. And back in the day, you know, people wanted to create music and share it. You know, I'm, I'm really I'm an artist and check this out. And that that doesn't really happen so much anymore. It's like look at me and yeah. You know, so. There's some good rock bands out there right now. Yeah, but I'm yeah. still waiting to hear it, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And, and, and nothing either sounds too derivative or hasn't got the passion or whatever. So, yeah, yeah just wait. And I listen to everything. I listen to 70s funk. I listen to jazz. I listen to yeah, everything, you know, blues, you name it. I think the main problem is we're exposed to so much over the years. I mean, if we look at it now, you've been listening to music since the 70s and yeah. so have I. After a while, you're like, oh, I get it. They're doing this or that or what. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's not going to be any kind of, I think, monster surprise. Like, wow. You're right. But then occasionally, like a Nirvana or a Sex Pistols right. will come along that's completely against the grain. Yeah. And everyone goes, whoa, this is, this is cool. And, and I'm waiting for that. You know, there's some other stuff that happens every now and again. Like Skrillex, I thought, was awesome. You know, it was just kind of just a different slant on, stump, on stuff, you know? Yep. So yeah, it comes up every now and again, but still waiting, you know? You, now, you, uh, are you still doing that band with Paul Cook? Yeah, and Paul actually was staying with us this week, actually, him and his wife Jenny came over. And, um, and I'm also, you know, doing Delta Deep, which is a blues, oh, yeah. heavy blues, yeah, funk, soul, rock kind of thing. We, we just uh, released our second album, a live album, and we're working on the third, third are album. Are you the singer album. on that? Debbie Blackwell Cook. Oh, wow. Who my wife Helen there, sitting down there. Um, awesome. 
It's her godmother, and um, she she sings. She's you know Deb, Debbie's like this 64 year old, and actually we just went out on tour. Was on the G3 tour with Joe yeah. Satriano and John Petrucci, and um, the reviews were great. They're going, this is the new Ella Fitzgerald, and, wow. and she kind of sounds like a a kind of a more extreme version of Tina Turner in a prime. So we we got all that thing going. It just it's just really cool. Wow, that is cool. What was the battle with the iTunes? It was all over royalties, right? Uh, streaming? No, no. no. We, nope. we had, had a clause in our contract, and um, a, a lot of other bands were just releasing all their stuff, and we felt our stuff had more value than that, you know? One of us died. Right. One of us lost our arm. Right. We spent millions and millions of dollars, and we're like, we ain't going to give this away like everyone else and, and just treated it like it was nothing. We, we, we really put a value on it. So we were able to hold out because of... Um, something that our previous managers had put into place and uh, and then when the time was right which was this year um, we were able to do that and and we're really excited about it It actually worked out great and it made it a bit more special otherwise i don't think we'd be even here talking about it you know it's yeah. um, so it, it really worked out well for us and, and i think like i said you know we put value on it and and everyone else felt the same way was that, um, I think, were you guys one of the last holdouts? You had, like, we had the Beatles. Right. And then we had you guys and I think Garth Brooks or someone, like, the, were the last holdouts. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, it's changing. Everything's changing. The industry's completely changing. And um, it's great. We can really, you know, get this out there. You know, Spotify, Apple Movies, iTunes. And, and the fact that we're a real band that t- tours and we're not, like, you know, there's that one guy from the original band. It's, yeah. it's, it's the real band, you know, and it's, um, <laughs> it, it's great. And it, I, I love it when you see that. You know, we, we toured with Aerosmith recently in, in South America. And, They're uh, the only guys with all original Yeah, dudes. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and, you know? and it was inspiring. Yeah. I mean, they were amazing. And um, it was just really good to see that. It just, it just made you feel great, you know. I think Aerosmith is a lot like Def Leppard. It has two waves of fans. Yes. I mean, of course, you have... Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean? I totally You've got agree. the 70 Aerosmith yeah. up, to, uh, up to the pump record, which is 82 or 3 or whatever. Yeah. And then later on with, the, you know, all their... I don't want to close my eyes. All that stuff. So yeah. it's, that's a real juxtapose, too, when you're at an Aerosmith show. Without a doubt, yeah. You know, because they might throw in, uh, let the music do the talking. And right. people are like, I'm taking a piss on <laughs> this one. You know, and, and I'm there going like, this is the song, dude. You're, you're that guy. You're that, <laughs> that, that one in that 10,000. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw the High and Dry tour, and uh, it was one of the most monumental things that ever happened to me because at the time I was playing music, and I couldn't believe that these guys at the same age as me right. were writing this level of music, you know, because I had been to Sheffield. And when, if you've never been to Sheffield, where Def Leppard's from, it's basically a little garbage can town, an old steel city, you know. Well, it's Pittsburgh. It's the right, city. Right, the same yeah, so. thing. And then once steel goes to China, it's a ghost town. Right. To think about... These kids, they demo up some songs, they put out an EP, then they do On Through the Night, then, you know, High and Dry. To get out of where they were, as I was standing at this train (laughs) station, I was like, I can't even believe this is where they're from, you know? No, it's great. Like, Joe and his mum were sticking labels on the first EP, you know, it was like really indie, you know, that's what indie bands used to do after that. But, um, yeah, that was a really cool thing, and, and I think, in England, there wasn't a lot to do. So you'd have all these great bands that would copy American bands. You'd have the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, Zeppelin, you know, Queen, Us, yeah. Maiden. You'd have all these great bands coming out of there because 
that's all there was to do. But we were copying American bands, even the way we sing. You know, it's like we sing with American accents because we learned to sing off American bands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You talk to Phil Lewis at all anymore? Phil Lewis was the singer in L.A. Guns. Now you guys know that, right? And uh, he uh, sang a girl. You ever talk right. to him? I haven't spoken to him for a while. Um, I saw Simon Laffey recently. We just done a, a thing in, at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, for the Teenage Cancer Trust, which was amazing. Um, so we, we, we played there, and, and I saw Simon. So he was in Go. He was the bass player. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that would be amazing to see you guys play one gig, just a one-off. Yeah, I mean, you're getting the time. Or, or getting in everyone, you know, on the same continent would yeah. be a good thing, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that Bowie Ronson uh, stuff. Of course, we lost Bowie. What a... What a uh, that was a tragic man yeah Just, like yeah. great did you see the bowie documentary i've seen a few of them yeah the, yeah. One, the one that was on recently was just incredible i, I did see that yeah, yeah when he's doing the black it's like his last year yeah. Yeah. yeah that was amazing to see uh bowie is like to me bowie is so next level like oh, every yeah, couple totally. of years he would change yeah. you know uh, unbelievable and you know i was 14 again you know when when i heard that and Spiders from Mars, Mick Ronson, who also passed away, and, and Trevor Boulder, they all, they all passed away from cancer, yeah. which is a real drag. But um, yeah, they just made some great stuff. And, and you know, when I, when I was 14, you know, I went to see that, the Aladdin Insane tour. You saw him last? Oh, yeah. Wow. It, was, it was great. And then me and Joe, um, we'd done a, a benefit years later for when Mick Ronson passed away. We, we'd done a thing at Hammersmith Odeon, and uh, we ended up touring, doing all those songs together. Right. And we called it the Cybernauts, and it was, it was great. <laughs> it was, the songs were just amazing. What now? You're vegan. Is that because of uh, cancer and stuff? People get a lot of cancer from meat and everything, or no. is it an animal thing? What it's it? like when I was younger. You know, I I remember my grandmother had left a, a steak out for me, yeah. and I thought, oh yeah, I put it in there. And I looked, and it was bleeding. Yeah, and it had veins in it, and it was like, yeah, I don't think I want to eat that. And so that started it off, and then it became. I actually felt sick, and then. Um, the fridge, it just reminded, when they found Jeffrey Dahmer's fridge, it opened it up and there was all these body parts. It was like, that's how it felt to me. It's like, you know, there's some liver there, there's a heart there. Um, oh. and he had the guy's head, but you know, and it's going, oh my God, this is disgusting. But we get used to doing that with animals and it's pretty gross. And I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to puke if I eat this. So <laughs> that, that's really what, what kind of got me into it. And then and, and I was able to stop. And it's funny, you know, when you, when you first stop and you, you don't want to put people out. You think you're being impolite. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I'm going to throw up. I'm, I'm not putting this in my mouth. It's, it's a dead, rotting carcass. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So me personally, I know it's you know, everyone has their own thing, but for me, that was, I, I was able to stop and I just felt empowered, actually, after, after I did that. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. It's like so crazy to be a vegan early on when you were a vegan in a rock band on tour back then right. you basically just ate dirt or you know flowers yeah and yeah. now it's easy to be oh, vegan it's, it's they great. got all these great, great people make something you're eating here like this is incredible they're like yeah that's uh you know that's dirt and uh plants and yeah like, no, we still have the, rick allen makes dirt smoothies i, I mean so, <laughs> i shouldn't say this but you go, hey, check, check one of these out and, and Joe's like, I don't, want, I don't want to eat, I don't want to drink Rick's. Yeah. You make better ones. They're, they're better. This is, this is going to get back to him, you know. I, I have to see him, you know, so the dirt You were talking smoothie. about my dirt smoothie, uh, wanker. No, my dirt smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is Rick, uh, is he a vegan? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hence the dirt smoothie. Yeah. How about anybody else in your band? Uh, we have two and a half. So Vivian's a, a pescatarian, so he's a vegetarian that eats fish. Right. So it's almost a vegetarian, but not quite. Um, and me and Rick are vegan, yeah. How's Viv doing? He's great. He's, he's busy. He's, he's actually leaving tomorrow morning to do um, a Last in Line show. Oh, yeah. So he's, he's filling all these things in, and it's... Uh, it's exhausting, you know. So yeah. he's, he's doing great, though. He's really good. And it was wonderful playing with, with him and Rick today and yesterday. We, we had a blast, you know. That's so cool, man. Where does the tour kick off? Where's the kickoff? Uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. So and how many dates? We got like 60 days, I think. 60? Like 60 days with Journey. Wow. Then, then we do Hysteria Live in Australia, Japan, New Zealand. Oh, you're doing the whole record? Yeah, with, and the Scorpions are opening up for us. Then we come to England. Scorpions are yeah, open for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. And then we do the UK and Cheap Tricks doing that. And then next year, Europe, South America, and if America wants us back, perhaps, yeah. perhaps, <laughs> yeah, perhaps, we'll, perhaps we'll come back and do some more stuff then. You think you'll ever do the Pyromania record, top to bottom? Yeah, at some yeah? point. But, you know, the, it, it's what the demand's for. And, you know, we, we're getting a lot of requests for, for doing Hysteria. It's of our course. biggest album. And, of course. And it's, and it's cool, you know. That, that's why we're rehearsing, because some of the songs, although we've played them, they're really tricky, and they're really hard to play the part and sing at the same time. So yeah. we, we're just giving an extra bit of love to get, to get through so we don't mess it up when we, when we really do it. The dynamics on that record are super hard, too. Crazy, I mean, when yeah. When you think about how it's ups and downs, it's not just straight rock in your face. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Love Bites is a crazy hard tune to play. I, I try to play that. I'm just like, oh, I'm out. Well, we have a great story about that. So that went to number one, and we'd never played it as a band, never played it live. It was a studio song. You know, Everything was separate. And uh, it's like, we got to learn this song. So we had two days off in Vancouver. Yeah. And um, we had to learn it, and it's like, we can't do this. It's like singing and playing and what part? There's like 16 guitar parts going off yeah, and yeah. you go, oh my God. It's like an orchestra. Yeah, choose two of them and me and Steve <laughs> figured it out and then, then on top of that you got to sing and it was really scary and we, we were messing it up and we finally got it and now it's like, like a walk in the park. It's really easy but you know, it's that, that first hurdle, you know. It's a great tune, man. Thank you. Thanks for coming down today. Pleasure. Uh, Pleasure. Yeah. Great audience. Uh, I really appreciate it. Looking forward. I got to come see the tour. Where are you at in LA when you come? Forum. Forum. Yeah, we just. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Can they come out? Don't ask me. Ask them. I have no idea. You know. I want to so. come out. Can you get me in? I'm sure. I'm sure we'd be. Able, I'm sure I'll sneak you in if you carry carry something in there. So, yeah. there Everybody, uh, say thanks to Phil coming down here. Thank you. There you go. I can't thank you enough for for doing Absolute this. Absolute pleasure. Let's thank get you. Get a photo real quick. And uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. Huh? Uh, uh, one last question. Yeah. What was your favorite Def Leppard show ever to play? Like, the favorite. So this is really weird because yeah. we just done it. But I keep saying, we just done this Royal Albert Hall show. Right. And it was one of the best gigs we've ever done. So that one, I remember more than anything else because it was, it was recent. But I, I have been saying that. It was one of, for whatever reasons, it just kind of wow. kicked in. It was amazing. And we recorded it. You know, it was for, like I said, it was for the Teenage Cancer Trust. So it was a really good uh, thing to do. But the venue is 150 years old. You know, yeah. the Queen's been there. It's like Prince this and yeah, God knows what. And yeah. opera and God knows everything. It's amazing. So everything kind of um, worked out. And, and we were really good. I, uh, the other thing is I love playing and singing in Def Leppard. It's like my favorite band. We, we sing. It, it's, it sounds like it's fake. 
I, I look over and I'm like, hey, someone using some tapes. It sounds so good, but that's... Well, you that's guys are here all live vocals now? Yes, all live For vocals. Real? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No... Uh, yeah, really, and, and that's the other thing. You know, you see a lot of other bands and it's right. like... Yeah, keyboards and that. No, we're really real, real, real. And, and wow. that's, that's why I'm so proud of it and, and so pleasing. I look over at Sav and... Joe and Viv, and I'm like, I can't believe this is actually coming out of my mouth as well. Wow, so, that's yeah, incredible. It's, it's, so, you know, we keep raising the bar, you know, um, trying to, and, and the, the playing gets better. I, I just went out on the G3 tour with Satriani and, and John Petrucci, and that made my guitar playing go through the roof, just being next to those guys every night, and just, uh, just you, you know, you'd have to try and keep up. So it just made my playing so much better already. So I like that trajectory, you know, we, we just keep just pushing it all the time hands are all good six hands years are, old no, hands are all they're, good they're amazing yeah oh man well you're an incredible player man thank I you i mean you thanks. are absolutely amazing and uh thank you so much for coming down here Later. today again thank, thank you, you. That's really good. thanks for coming out guys